Welcome to The Archetypist, the only analytics-based genre fiction podcast. I'm Jacob, one of your hosts here today to talk to you about the question, should I get an MFA? And uh, as someone who taught undergrad for a long time, uh, this was something that came up often. Um, Many of my students really were confused about if the MFA was right for them and what the pros and cons of pursuing an MFA was. So I thought I'd make this episode to kind of speak to my experience in the MFA program at Seton Hill and um, what I kind of had learned a couple years removed from that if it was still worth it. So let's get started. Should you get an MFA? And spoiler alert, it it's really up to you. You know, I mean, obviously, but I feel like it's worth saying there's nothing that I can say to sell you one way or the other. I can't make the decision for you. So let's dive into it. What is an MFA? It's a Master of Fine Arts degree, which is a type of master's degree different from a Master's of Arts or Master's of Science, MS or MA. Generally, they're internationally accredited programs that qualify you to teach creative writing. Some of them teach you how to navigate the industry, but not always. And some of them, not all of them, again, teach you how to function as a professional author, both in how you conduct yourself in the writing community and in your writing craft and writing habits. Um, There are a variety of programs out there which have various degrees of publication success and credibility within the industry. So let's start with a positive. Why should I pursue the MFA? And usually people pursue the MFA for three reasons. Number one, they want to teach English or creative writing at the collegiate level. They want to seriously pursue publication as a writing career. That's number two. Number three, they are an established writer who wants to polish their craft or teach writing, again, at the collegiate level. If you want to teach, you absolutely need either an MFA in creative writing or an MA in some sort of literature concentration. You cannot teach collegiately without at least a master's degree. Some places, if you're widely published, will make an exception if they want to say they have a best-selling author on their staff. I mean, if Stephen King walks into any university in the country just about and says, I want to teach at your university and I'd like a full-time job doing that, I think they'd have a hard time saying no to him. So what drew me to the MFA over the MA, besides the obvious of wanting to study creative writing, is that the MFA is what's called a terminal degree, meaning that there is no widely accepted doctorate of creative writing. There there are some. Um, for example, the University of Glasgow in Scotland does offer a doctorate in creative writing, but by and large, It's not really considered something that you would need if you want to teach creative writing. That said, even though the MFA is a terminal degree, technically convincing university officials at the college that you're teaching at that you have the quote unquote highest degree in your field is I've kind of found to be a fruitless errand and immensely frustrating. For example, when I was teaching, administrators couldn't get it through their head that there was no such thing as a doctorate of creative writing and they wanted me to get a PhD in literature on top of the MFA so the university could say that they were employing authors, sorry, that they were employing teachers who held the highest degree in their field and no matter what I had said or done or how I explained it, 
all they saw was the M in MFA and said, well, it's a master's degree. It's not terminal. Whereas the reason why the MFA is terminal is because it is an art degree. You know, it teaches you how to write and teach fiction. There's really not much research involved outside of you trying to figure out how you want to write your story. And because of that, it's highly contingent upon publication in regards to how successful you appear to colleges when you're applying to jobs. So if you don't have a widely published manuscript or a short story on a major press, like science fiction wise, that will be Asimov's or Analog, Strange Horizons or Clark's World. And I mean, there are others too, but the MFA almost doesn't have any credibility without publication credit. So that's something to consider as well. If you seriously want to pursue a writing career, the MFA might be right for you. It's certainly not a requirement to publication, and many writers don't even hold an undergraduate degree in English, let alone an advanced degree in fiction writing. I mean, just open up any of your favorite novels. Chances are the person who wrote them didn't have a master's degree in writing fiction. I mean, off the top of my head, the exception to that would be Gardens of the Moon. Steven Erickson went to Iowa, but they didn't even teach genre fiction there. They just taught literary fiction. Sanderson, Pat Rothfuss, Mary Robinette Kowal, Victoria Schwab, I don't think any of them have a master's of fine arts degree. So just something to consider. Additionally, MFA programs often vary in their quality and their content. Many don't let you even write genre fiction. So if that's something you want to do, write science fiction, fantasy, horror. You know, there are only a couple who allow you to do that. And the only ones that I'm aware of are Seton Hill in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Stone Coast in Portland, Maine, which I visited on fall break in undergrad, by the way, crazy drive from Ohio, Uh, Rosemont in Philadelphia. And a few newer fully online programs that I can't really speak to because they've come up since I was looking at MFA programs. I can only speak to my experience at Seton Hill. And I can kind of tell you about some of my classmates' secondhand experiences. Some of my classmates either attended BFA programs or Bachelors of Fine Arts programs at big state schools. And some of them also came from other MFA programs to Seton Hill. Um, In many cases, these transfer students cited the fact to me that they didn't really feel like they were learning anything at other MFA programs. Read into that literary MFA programs who were more kind of focused on the end product being good and not the process of revision and drafting to get your current draft to publication standards. And again, I am not saying that every literary MFA program or even the ones that my classmates went to still or have operated like that. I'm just telling our listeners what the experience that these individuals had at these other programs. So this kind of brings me to my experience at Seton Hill University. I chose Seton Hill because They were the first genre MFA program in the country. I knew I wanted to write fantasy, and I knew I wanted to teach creative writing at the college level. And I knew that if I didn't do it right away, like go right into the MFA after college, life would get complicated and make getting the degree in the future even harder. Uh, I was gearing up to be engaged. I was trying to find a real job that wasn't at Dick's Sporting Goods. I knew that the more layers I added to my life, the less likely I would be 
to go back to school later, especially if a kid were in the picture, for example. However, I did go right after college, and let me say, it was the singular best thing that happened to me in my writing journey. I found a positive, inclusive community that was full of industry professionals. My craft got better. I learned how to navigate the industry, write query letters, how to pitch to agents, and I learned things that directly contradicted many of the gimmicky articles about writing that I found earlier on the internet. Every mentor there is an industry professional who has proven publication success, whether that's backed up by publishing contracts in the big four publishers, then it was the big five, or book sales through the self-publishing route. Um, a couple of the mentors are very highly successful self-published authors that really rake in the dollars and teach great marketing and communications courses on how to talk to people about your self-published book and how to market it to the right people. My two mentors, one of them was a book reviewer for Publishers Weekly, Barnes & Noble, Blue Ink Review, and a few others, who has reviewed over 10,000 novels. And the other was a world-class short story writer and poet whose work had appeared multiple times in Asimov and Analog and other prestigious publications like the year's best science fiction. And having unfettered access to these two mentors, not to mention the 20 or so other mentors at Seton Hill, all who had professional publications under their belt, all who were just as a powerhouse of knowledge as, as my mentors, they made themselves available to you really pretty much any time when you're on the campus and via email. I mean, their own mentees came first, but if you had a question, say, for the guy who was the expert at writing horror or thrillers and you just emailed them, they'd get back to you and stay in contact with you throughout your writing journey. I mean, it's it's been great. The community and just the support I've gotten just from the mentors at the program, not even speaking about other students who I'd met through the program. And I really can't stress this enough, but like, I felt like I was mainlining knowledge here. I I had fallen into a great community of writers, one of whom is a multiple Stoker nominee and one-time Stoker winner. Others are college professors or who, who are actively agented with manuscripts being sent to big four publishing houses every day. And you just can't get this type of networking access and really friendships community by doing your own research on the internet or attending conventions. Yes, you can talk to these people at conventions. You can network at conventions. You can make really good relationships at conventions. I have some people I met at conventions at world fantasy convention, which I'm on my way to right now, or I guess when this episode comes out, um, I be attending right now, great relationships, great people I've met, but it's not the same as going up through a program and having those people really be invested in your manuscript and your success. Not to mention because I attended Seton Hill, I was also able to lift up my other writer friends outside the program by sharing what I've learned. I mean, this podcast even, much of the information I have learned, internalized, and made my own from Seton Hill's MFA program. So you all are also benefiting from me going to that school, uh, as well as I shared a lot of the stuff with my co-host, obviously, and with other people who I had met. And we all got better together because of this sort of community of shared knowledge. Now, I'm not saying that like I am the sole or even a large part of their success in writing. I'm just saying that when we share knowledge, we get better. 
And by sharing the knowledge I received at Seton Hill and internalized at Seton Hill, I contributed to that community. So all that aside, I estimate with confidence that whenever I sell a novel to a big four publisher, attending Seton Hill will have cut at least five to 10 years off of that timeline, perhaps more depending on when it happens. I wish I could go back and attend the program again, honestly. I feel like I would get so much more out of it going through it a second time than when I was there. Because when I attended, I was super young, just out of college. I thought that I was like, two years away from publication and and by attending I would just get there immediately and <laughs> it was you know I, I I was only 22 at the time and didn't really understand the industry and was kind of arrogant and when I I came in I decided I was going to write a high fantasy an epic fantasy and I decided it wanted to be in the vein and sort of Game of Thrones vast scope ver uh, meets Patrick Rothfuss's personal narrative. And both of those books, if you've read them, you know, they're super long. So I had plans for like a 300,000 word novel, which is terrible advice to give to a first novelist, by the way. And everyone, my mentors, my, my fellow students had told me, what are you doing? Like write a 90,000, 120,000 word book, get it done, have a good revision. You'll get way more out of the program like that. But me, I said, no, 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 I think I can do it. And let me tell you, it almost killed me. I was in a situation at the end of it where I was making corrections to my thesis on my honeymoon as my wife was asleep in the, in the bedroom uh, in Denver when we were hiking the Rockies. I mean, it, it was I'm not saying it, it, that there weren't dark moments. It was good. And I had wished that I had taken the time to be more attentive and listen better to my mentors and Maybe I would have gotten even more out of the program. Who knows? All in all, great experience. My own hubris kind of made it a little bit more difficult than it had to be. But overall, wonderful, wonderful experience. Can't recommend it enough. That said, MFA programs are really expensive. I have more loans than I would like and looking forward to the future, barring some sort of government forgiveness or winning the lottery, getting an HBO book deal sort of thing. I can't really see a way out of paying them off in a timely manner. Additionally, most of the time, the novel that you write during Seton Hill's program specifically, and I can say with a fair amount of confidence through most MFA programs, most of the time those novels aren't the novels that get you your book deal. They're the novels that are the book before you get your book deal because you're taking in so much knowledge and you're learning so much that it's really hard to implement it all in an effective way. Like some stuff will get through in those drafts and those revisions, but barring a total rewrite of your project or a really, really deep revision, the novel most likely won't reflect the level that you can write when you graduate the program. And if that's not making sense, let me share a story that one of my classmates told me that he was writing a grimdark fantasy and he had written it pretty much about the time that grimdark was at its height. But by the time he had graduated the program, the bubble had burst and no one was really buying grimdark stories anymore. So he was already kind of at a disadvantage pitching this um, through no fault of his own. It's just how the market kind of ebbs and flows with certain things. My classmate had sent this novel to an agent uh, through a query letter and the agent had responded that he had received it and he would read it months go by he hears nothing my classmate sees this agent at a convention sometime later and he says oh you know i don't know if you remember i sent you an email you responded i gave you my manuscript what did you think of it and the agent said something along the lines of 
yeah, I, I did get it and I did like it. And then he kind of looks at my friend and says, but I could tell that you learned a lot while you were writing it. And basically what we all took that to mean was the book was good. It was just inconsistent and inconsistent on a level that it would require a lot of revision to get it consistent because there were parts of the book he had written and revised five years ago, two years ago, one year ago, and there was stuff that had been drafted all throughout that time and all kind of melded together. And that sounds like it'd be easy to fix, but when that sort of thing is like how you write your characters, it kind of becomes apparent quickly that this needed to be either rewritten or deeply revised in order for the tone and the skill level to be consistent. And there's nothing really wrong with that. I saw a similar growth in my own writing. The stuff that I had been rough drafting at the end of the program was vastly better than the stuff that I had been revising since the beginning of the program. So I was putting it all together. We were all putting it all together, but not all the pieces fit yet, if that makes any sense. Finally, end of the episode, should you get an MFA? If you want to teach at the college level, then definitely you need an MA or an MFA. And that's really the only definite that I can give you. If you want to learn about the industry and become a better writer, then maybe I'm sure you'd enjoy a program. I'm, I'm confident most people would enjoy Seton Hill's program, but it's not a fast track to publication. And like any good magic system, there's a cost for easy access to knowledge, most notably student loans. My co-host is an advocate for the 10,000 hours method, and the next episode will be her talking about MFA alternatives. And the 10,000 hours method is a perfectly valid system. Even in this episode, I said that most writers who publish books don't have an MFA, but I'll just say this, that the 10,000 hours method and the self-directed study method comes with a cost as well. It's the mental energy of, of sifting through the kind of bullshit advice that's out there on the internet. Additionally, it requires a specific mindset. You have to be self-motivated. There's no, there's no one there to keep you honest about your progress and no industry professional in your ear saying, what are you doing with this scene? Or you are a good writer, but you need to write faster if you want to make a go at this. You know, learning to write requires a lot of humility and honestly being successful in an MFA program does too. And essentially, if you come at it from a place of arrogance, it's never really going to be rewarded or work out for you, even in the industry. So anyway, that's really the long and short of it. So that's all that we have for you today. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay positive, stay safe, and stay connected. Archetypists out.